Hi, everybody, and welcome to the Strong Christian Female Podcast. This is a community of women who want to be warriors for Jesus. We are kicking off the desire to be comfortable and embracing a wholehearted abandonment to Jesus Christ, not through legalism, not through works, but through his grace and mercy. We're going to overcome the lies of this culture and replace them with the truth of God's word. So whether you're a grandma, a student, a stay-at-home mom, an entrepreneur, a coffee lover, or a tea drinker, you are welcome here. So let's get started. Hi, everybody. My name is Charity Paranzini, and this is the Strong Christian Female Podcast. I know your time is valuable, and I know these days your time is crazy. It is being pulled in many directions. I hope to be an encourager and someone who's bringing hope into your day by speaking God's truth in love to these women who want to be warriors for Jesus. But I also know we got to get going. So let's dive right in. Today, we're going to talk about the lie of silence. And we're going to break apart a few different things that people use as excuses to just be quiet. Yes, I know that the word of God does say that there are times you are to be quiet. But it also says there are times that you're supposed to speak. Sometimes it takes clear discernment on when that is. We're going to address that. But here's what I need you to understand before we say anything. When I talk about speaking up, there are three things you have to remember. Number one, I'm always talking about speaking truth in love. Number two, in this situation, I'm talking about personal influence you have in other people's lives. I'm not talking about social media platforms per se. Although honestly, you have an opportunity there if, if you use it wisely. I'm talking about personal relationships with people you know, whether it's at church, in, at work, in your private relationships, in your circle of friends, in your family. These are the relationships I'm addressing, your sphere of influence. We, can, we have just got to start breaking this lie off of people. And number three, we had to remember what I've been sprinkling through the other two is discernment, discernment, discernment. And we also have to remember boldness, boldness, boldness. Yes, you need to discern what to say or when to say it. But I'm here to tell you that nine times out of 10, you know you're supposed to say something and we just stay quiet because we don't want to start an argument. But delivering truth and love should diffuse so much of any sort of potential argument. Here's what I love about learning good communication skills. And we should always, always be honing those skills because they get rusty and they get dull. When you talk to someone about any of God's truth that maybe you know needs to be called out instead of lies that we believe constantly from culture, you must assume that the person you're talking to does not know what you're addressing. And here's what I mean. If we assume an innocent heart in the other person and that that person has just bought a lie, but that they actually believe that lie, we will cool our jets on how to talk to them. If we know that they have been marketed to literally that this lie is true or you're supposed to be quiet or good Christians never speak up or women, ladies should be quiet or, you know, blah, 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 blah. Then you will know, oh, oh, they just don't know. And you'll approach them as if they have an innocent heart rather than if they have a vindictive one, and it will calm you down. So let's keep that in mind as I go through this. I just wanted to set that up because I know this is kind 
kind of, for some people, this is going to test their personality, test relationships. It's even going to make them a little uncomfortable. But see, the Holy Spirit will give you boldness. The Holy Spirit will open your mouth. And if you feel uncomfortable going, I know I'm supposed to say something, but I don't know what to say. Just open your mouth. I promise you, God will meet you there. You take the first step. He will take you the rest of the way. So going to this idea of silence. The key issue here is you have to understand that nine times out of 10, silence is implying your consent. You are consenting to something that is happening around you by not speaking up and pushing against the lie that someone else has bought into. It could be the lie that they're not worthy. It could be the lie that divorce is is okay just because you aren't happy right now. It could be the lie that abortion's acceptable. You know, this lie that pervades our Christian culture that says, well, I don't personally agree with abortion, but I don't feel like anybody else, you know, should be told what to do. That's a lie. But we bought it, right? We've bought that lie. We've totally bought that lie. When it comes to this idea that, you know, boys can be born girls and girls can be born boys as long as they feel that way, that's a lie. Science doesn't support it. Medical professionals don't support it. They're not allowed to talk about it, but they don't support it. The word of God is all over that lie. But you know what? We've gone quiet because we don't want to offend anyone. We don't want anybody to be mad at us. We don't want to hurt anyone's feelings. You guys, I know so many people who depend so strongly on their feelings instead of the word of God that they will argue the word of God with you because they don't like it. Who likes the entire Bible? That thing is hard. I do not like that I can't do what I want when I want how I want and still go to heaven. I don't like that. The truth of the matter is there's things in the Bible that none of us like. And it's not just the Old Testament weird stories. It's God's commands for his people. But here's how you need to think about this. God set up boundaries to keep us safe. And we decide to hurl over those things. We are on our own and the consequences of sin and death will all enter into our lives. There is a consequence to sin. There is a consequence to to rebelling. There is a consequence to creating your own hybrid faith that you claim is Christianity, but has so much influence from the world, so much influence from political agenda, so much influence from new age, from all sorts of crazy self-love, me, 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 all this crazy culture that we've gotten. There's a consequence to that. And it is lack of power in Jesus. It is lack of influence in other people's lives. It is an unstable emotional life. It is often just, it will wreak havoc on you. But here's the situation. When we get in God's word and we start to discern these lies that the culture has perpetuated from the truth of God's word, we will start to realize that we have got to start speaking up because the people that are getting the most platforms, the most traction, the most marketing out there are usually not the people speaking truth. It is quite the opposite. But we have a sphere of influence that we can pull these lies out of people's lives and set them free. And your silence is implying that the death march they are on, spiritually speaking, is acceptable. That the watering down and perversion of God's truth is acceptable. And it starts with the leadership in our church. But you know what? You're a leader in your church. If you know three ladies who will listen to what you have to say, that's a leader. We have to get away from these titles. And women, we've got to stop the jealousy game with the men and just open our mouths in love, in our sphere of influence. Because staying silent is implying a whole lot of consent. When is the last time you heard a sermon on abortion? I I literally can't think of one in my own church. I I can't think of even a wisp of a mention of it (laughs) because it's too political. And our politics inform our faith rather than our faith informing our politics. And our silence is killing the generation behind us. And we have got to say enough. I'm going to read this to you. It's from the book, Somebody Lied to You, that I uh, I hope to have coming out soon. 
For decades, leaders in the church have been fear-mongered, bullied, and politically motivated to stay silent on issues that God clearly says are not okay. They are afraid of losing congregants, losing money, losing political clout. They are afraid that members of a political party, a generational group, or even constituents and donors within the church will be angered. Leaders and churchgoers are far more afraid of making others mad in the church and in the world than the anger of God. Consider this. When was the last time you heard a sermon about God's passion for protecting the children in the womb? What about children who are being told false lies about their bodies, identities, or even their modesty? When is the last time you heard from a leader about how we are going to care for the single moms and foster kids in our community? When is the last time you heard a non-nuanced sermon about how we as a church need to rise up and love our community to Jesus with words and deeds? Some of us haven't heard a sermon like that in decades. Why? What changed? The world certainly hasn't gotten less bold in its predatorial move on our children. It hasn't gotten less loud and proud about its justification for debauchery and lawlessness. It hasn't stopped sneaking into our homes with media and pop culture about things God would find abhorrent, such as witchcraft, promiscuity, and murder, all under the guise of entertainment. So why are so many voices of so many leaders staying silent? When we as a church stay silent, we are consenting to what is happening. And if we are silent within the walls of the church as much as outside the walls of the church, however can we win the battle that is waging in the world? The church should be arming the troops for a spiritual war. Instead, we're having coffee during worship and reading our social media feed during the sermon. And perhaps it's because we've grown accustomed to distraction. Or maybe it's because the pulpit is offering us niceties and hollow words instead of the true power of the living God. And this silence we are embracing is not only in words, but in action. Our writings, paintings, and any other artistic endeavor that makes people see God's clear call to freedom is also a voice. So is the way we run our business and what we connect our names to. These are clear platforms and opportunities to validate the need and presence of God's hope for the world and the truth of redemption. As a church body, as people who love God, we can no longer be satisfied with silencing the truth that we hold in our hearts. Okay, I'm going to stop there. We have grown so accustomed to just not making waves and being quiet. And you guys, we're using the word to justify it. We're absolutely using the word of God to justify our silence, which is crazy. We need to temper that instead of saying, well, the Bible says that we're supposed to be quiet and God will handle it. Yes, it, it, it does say that. It's, that's a little out of context. It does say that. And I agree, you have to know God's word and you have to listen to the Holy Spirit. And you, you have to trust that he's going to give you the words to say. Or maybe if you start a conversation, you might say, let's look in God's word. Let's find this. Let's have this discussion. Or come back the next day and go, hey, you remember what we were talking about yesterday? I went home. I prayed. I did some research. Let's talk about that. These are some scriptures. We have to be humble. We don't know it all. But to just stay silent is killing people. Proverbs 17, 27 through 28 says, the one who has knowledge uses words with restraint and whoever has understanding is even tempered. Even fools are thought to be wise if they keep silent and discerning if they hold their tongues. Okay, if you don't know something, I understand being a little quiet, but to stay ignorant is on you. There's lots of things I'll admit, you know, I don't know a lot about that. Give me a little while to do some research and I'll come back with my opinion. Or you're listening and while you're listening, you're just praying and all of a sudden God gives you discernment and then you speak into it. And you use your words with restraint. You are even tempered. 
But how much of a fool are we being by constantly saying ignorant and staying quiet because we're choosing to not value the lies that the world has put on people? Because Mark 16 and 15 says, he said to them, go into all the world and preach the gospel. You can't preach the gospel if you never open your mouth. It also talks about standing up for others. Isaiah 117 says, learn to do well, seek judgment, relieve the oppressed, judge the fatherless, and plead for the widow. In Isaiah 58.1, it says, cry aloud, do not hold back. Lift up your voice like a trumpet. Declare to my people their transgression, to the house of Jacob for their sins. You guys, we're supposed to call out sins within the church so that we can repent. See, we think repentance is pushing people out. Repentance is drawing people in. Repentance beckons the grace and mercy of God so that we can change. Repentance is not a four-letter word. It is God's way of redeeming us and bringing him closer to, to him. See, even right now, while we're going through this crazy coronavirus, we need to speak hope into the world. We need to re-guide all of our Christian friends and all of our secular friends back to the truth of God's word. And this is the truth of God's word. John sixteen thirty three. I have said these things to you that you may have peace. In the world, you will have tribulation, but take heart. I have overcome the world. You know, they need to know that Christ has overcome the world. Christ has overcome your financial situations. Christ has overcome your loneliness and anxiety. This shut-in thing, you guys, if people are struggling with loneliness and anxiety, it's not going to get better unless we take a stand. 1 Corinthians 14 says, Pursue love and earnestly desire the spiritual gifts, especially that you may prophesy. For one who speaks in a tongue speaks not to men, but to God. For no one understands him, but he utters mysteries in the spirit. On the other hand, the one who prophesies speaks to people for their upbuilding and encouragement and consolation. The one who speaks in a tongue builds himself up, but the one who prophesies builds up the church. Now I want you all to speak in tongues, but even more to prophesy. The one who prophesies is greater than the one who speaks in tongues unless someone interprets so that the church may be built up. So guys, here's the deal. We're shutting down building up the church by not speaking up as much as we're shutting down the realignment of listening to truth and the lies. See, ultimately, here's the situation. When we clear out the lies, what remains should be God's eternal truth. And God's internal and God's eternal truth is always going to build people up. Always. It's always going to leave you better off than you were. So we're living lives that aren't actually living up to the full fulfillment of Christ. We're living lives of turmoil. We're living lives that don't have peace and joy. The fruits of the spirit are not showing up in a lot of people's lives. And yet God's word empowers us to shed our sin, to not buy the lies, to thrive on the Holy Spirit in Christ, to have those gifts of the spirit in our lives, to overcome the despair, the fear, the challenges, the pain. But because of our silence, we can't help set captives free. In 2 Timothy 3.16, it says, All scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness. Really hard to teach, train, correct, and rebuke when we aren't talking. And again, I understand we're not talking social media necessarily. We're talking relationships. And you may have to go talk to your pastor about the pastor. (gasps) Snap, that's going to be a hard one. But maybe they need someone to hold them accountable because no one's holding them accountable. And we have to assume either A, they really do not know, or B, they have bought this lie that silence is fine. 
It's fine to be restrained in the way you communicate, but it is not okay to no longer communicate because ultimately most of us shut up because we're afraid. This is one that I feel like everyone needs to really pay attention to. Proverbs 31, 8 through 9. Speak up for those who cannot speak for themselves, for the rights of all who are destitute. Speak up and judge fairly. Defend the rights of the poor and needy. There are countries around the world right now where a poor man can never sue a rich man. It's it's how their government is essentially set up. I'm oversimplifying, but I've been to some of those countries and had talks with people who talked to me about that. They said, it's amazing that in your country, a poor man can prosecute a rich man if he's done something wrong. That could never happen here. And I say that to say, that if we don't speak up for those who can't speak for themselves, our children, children of others in the womb, the poor, the needy, the mentally ill, the elderly, the marginalized, the cognitively delayed, our neighbor who is just not emotionally capable of just stepping in and speaking truth, that we can't speak up for them, then we are disobeying God's word. The final idea I want to leave with you, the world's full of opinions and they seem to want to share them constantly. But God's opinion is the only one that matters. And because maybe we live in a society of anger and heatedness and fear-mongering and crazy, we back off because we think our voice doesn't actually matter, but it does. We can't stay silent because we think it won't make an impact. Any more than we should stay silent because we're afraid of someone not liking us. The idea of popularity, of FOMO, of people not wanting to be our buddy, our friend, not liking us. It's taking over our lives. It's taking over the fact that we just aren't even afraid to speak up. And yet we have power to change it. And I feel like this is a time in history where God is going to urge us and keep us up at night to speak out. Yes, we're going to pray more. Yes, we're going to get in our word more. Yes, we're going to prepare more. Yes, we're going to speak truth and love, but we're going to speak out more because a generation is dependent on it. Not only our generation, but all the generations down the line. And children are the most vulnerable. And God is saying, speak out. And we're not. We really aren't. We're not doing it. We're not doing it. I don't, (laughs) there's just no way around it. We aren't doing it. So I want to leave you with a word of encouragement. And the word of encouragement is this. There may be a nagging in your heart to the point where you may be wrestling and frustrated because you feel like you don't have a voice. Some of you may have been venting to your husbands for weeks. I don't know. This nagging Holy Spirit thing that's just itching at you and it's maybe even coming out in a way that is frustrating, but I want to encourage you to speak out in love more. Write letters, talk to people face to face, send them um, DMs, start speaking out. Not a ha ha, I'm here to judge you so much as I'm here to encourage you to seek God's truth in this. I see that this is maybe something that we could talk about. Let's, let's Let's do Skype together. Let's talk about this. We've just, we can't keep allowing lies of the world to rule our lives and guys just sitting there looking pretty and shrugging shoulders and going oh that must be really hard isn't setting people free it's just not it's not setting people free it's a passive aggressive way of consenting to the pain they're in and going oh I have an answer in the word but they're not going to like it just just say it because it's going to set them free you have the key to unlock their chains, and we are keeping it in our pocket. Staring at them through their prison walls and hoping they have a really good day. That is literally what we're doing when we're being quiet. I'm here to tell you that if the end result is getting them out of the chains and out of that prison, (laughs) they're going to like it. However, here's what's going to happen. If we water down the truth, if we lie, if we stay silent, and they live out their lives 
in the self-centered torture that our culture perpetuates, we will be judged for our silence. We don't want to think about that. We will be judged for our silence. As much as we are judged for our action, our inaction will be judged as much as our action. Sitting there, being quiet, trying to blend in, trying to be socially accepted, trying to be popular, trying not to call things out because some somebody's going to overreact. And you know what? There's a lot of overreactors out there. You be the steady voice of reason and truth. Let their crazy do what their crazy is going to do. But you continue to be that steady voice of reason. And I'm telling you, you will set captives free. And if people in your life are going to overreact, then you just have to be that much more built up in God's word. Combat that lie in their lives using the breastplate of righteousness, the helmet of salvation, and the sword of the spirit. And man, you are out there and you are slicing those lies, not slicing up them, but you are calling out the lies and getting it out. We as the church cannot continue to be so scared of what other people think as if we're children in middle school that we are allowing sin to fester because God is coming back. And I'm here to tell you right now, there are people in the church right now, either because leaders are not speaking up or because they are choosing to be in ignorance, they will be judged. And we don't want to be one of those people. Ladies, we are strong Christian females. We are not highly emotional, volatile Christian females. We are strong. And we have said enough. We are the defenders of God's word. Yes, he can defend himself, but we are here to walk in his footsteps and set the captives free. So let's do this thing like warriors instead of like scared middle school girls. And if you are a middle school girl, God will use you. Get in his word, pray, speak truth and love. He will use you. Okay, ladies, let's do this. Let's pray because I know we got a lot to get back to in our regular lives. But be encouraged today. Don't feel discouraged. Be encouraged. Yeah, I can do this. God did not give me a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of a sound mind. I control my emotions. They do not control me. I have a sound mind. I do not just let the culture scare me into being afraid to speak up. I do not let them redefine God's word for me. I do give a respectful, loving exchange of information with people. And even if they tell me I'm being intolerant, which just means you don't agree with me, so I don't like it, I'm not going to listen to that lie. And I'm not going to shut up because I'm scared they might get angry with me. God is telling me to speak. I will speak. And you know what God's word says to speak, especially when it comes to the protecting of the most vulnerable and innocent among us. So let's get on this. We can do it. I always feel so riled up, you guys. And I I just want to say, like, I do. I get so excited about these things. But I'm not here to beat the sheep. I'm here to help show you how God has empowered us to overcome these lies. Seeing lives, lies fall off people is exciting. It is so exciting to see. And this lie of silence that we've bought into is one we've got to shed ourselves to see the lies in other people's lives fall off too. So let's get on this thing. Jesus, thank you so much for this time. Thank you for these women who have tuned in. Let them be encouraged today as they go about their day with their kids, their spouses, their jobs, being home. It is a crazy time out there right now. But we honor and love you through it. Thank you, God, for their investment in your word, 
and in prayer and in fasting so that they can speak truth into the myriad of lies in our culture and break off those chains in people's lives and set them free. For those who are struggling with fear today, God, we just ask you to bring them a peace, a peace over their finances, a peace over their job, a peace over their health, a peace over loved ones who may be struggling with health, a peace over the a peace over just being a parent because being a parent is hard. A peace over their school. Maybe they're a senior in college and they don't know how they're going to finish school because they just shut down schools. Whatever they're going through, wherever in the world they are, bless them, Jesus. Let the church take care of them. Let the let the resources of the church fill the globe right now. And the generosity of our hearts overflow in time, in effort, in intentionality, in conversation, in money. Let us give to those right now who are strapped and scared. Let us give into their souls as much as their pocketbooks. And let us no longer stay silent on issues that are not only important to you, but are your core reason for sending Jesus Christ. Protect the innocent at home today. Protect the innocent in the womb today. Protect those that are poor and needy on the street right now. Let the elderly feel loved. And again, God, those that are tormented right now in their thoughts, peace to you. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, ladies, until next time.